Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. I'm Brian. And I'm Inessa. And this is the X-Men Files. Yes. I'm in a terrible mood. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. This will cheer you up. What, why am I? You should explain why I'm in a bad mood. Brian's in a bad mood because uh, the microphone wouldn't work, and then he had to reboot his laptop, and that took a really long time, and then he had to do it again, and uh, that's the sort of thing that puts someone like Brian into a bad mood. That's true. Yep. Okay, so what's going to happen now, mm-hmm. you, through the magic of you being you, mm. are going to <laughs> reverse my bad mood. I am. By giving us the best recap in the history of recaps, the kind of thing that I'll be thinking about and telling friends about from years to come. So with that, let's recap this issue. Prepare to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've been prepared for a long time. Okay. All right. So the Uncanny X-Men issue 150 is called I, Magneto, and it is a double issue, which means that I will say meanwhile a lot. It was released in October of 1981. This issue opens right into our Spot the 80 segment, with Magneto giving all the world leaders a pretty compelling argument for nuclear disarmament, pointing out that some countries revel in an arms race, something that still might be true. (laughs) On page four... Some countries revel? Revel. Revel, right. On page four, he says, quote, the money and energy devoted to war will now be turned instead to the eradication of hunger, disease, poverty, at which point I personally was sold and ready to sign on to his plan. (laughs) He makes some good points. Yeah, he does make some good points. However, there's a catch, as there always is. Magneto's New World Order is ruled by the mutants, and the mutants are ruled by Magneto. Later on, Scott Summers points out correctly that that could only work as long as Magneto lives. And maybe not even that long. We could appoint a successor. I mean, uh, peaceful transitions of power uh, in autocracies. Good old Kim Jong-un. Yeah, okay. Magneto and Scott chat. And there's a quick catch-up about Jean Grey for those just joining the program, and also some background about Magneto's family being slaughtered. Suddenly, he just <laughs> went right past that. He doesn't really give a lot of bit of background about he the does. slaughtering. It's like a one-frame. You thing. can't just you can't just sure, say can. slaughtered. They were slaughtered. Whoa! Suddenly, you're hardcore. The island is attacked by a submarine, which Magneto pretty ruthlessly destroys, killing everyone inside. Then he demonstrates his powers by destroying the city of. Varikino, which does not mean anything in Russian, as far as I know. What does Moscow mean? Moskva mean? Um, I don't think it means anything either. That's the river, right? Yeah. But that's got to mean something. Eh, not that I know. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Though he gives the people time to evacuate, it was either a very small city, or they managed to evacuate faster than the residents of any other fictitiously destroyed city in the history <laughs> of fictitious city evacuations. Scott and Lee... Meanwhile, on the island, Scott and Lee head outside for some, as our son calls it, smoochy smoochy. (laughs) We still haven't figured out why why Magneto chose to dress them in these costumes. They are distracted and don't see a plane appear in the sky. Surprising no one, it's the X-Men. The plane loses its electrical system, while, again surprising no one, Wolverine was getting a sandwich. He gets thrown around. It's true, yeah, we do get a lot of sandwiches. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he had a beer last year. With a sandwich. Um, I'm going to get real pedantic. This is the sort of mood that I'm in. I think the beer with the sandwich chaser, that was not on the plane. Oh, okay. But anyway. Whatever. I dig. 
No, whatever. Look, look, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking any shit today. Okay. He gets thrown around, hits Storm, and knocks her unconscious with his atom antium skeleton. They can't land the plane without her powers, but manage to rouse her enough to do a water landing. Meanwhile, Xavier and Moira McTaggart are on a boat nearby with some randoms. Peter Corbeau, who are we supposed to know who he is? We yeah, we, we don't have to. He I, I can't remember where he's from. I don't know who he is. Yeah. And Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel, who yeah. is just here to promote her own comic, as far as I can tell. She's going to show up again. She's a friend of the X-Men. Okay, she had no speaking parts in this double issue, and she was only mentioned once with a footnote about her own comic coming soon. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, all right, more on that on that later. Right. But uh, yeah. So the X-Men try to swim out of their plane, but Peter can't transform back to metal. Meanwhile, Lee goes out for a walk, and amazingly, the X-Men swim up, and Wolverine pulls her into the water. After a moment of confusion, everyone figures out who everyone else is. They resuscitate Peter in the usual TV manner, with some CPR followed by coughing. Yep. This does not happen in real life, I'm told. Public service announcement. Apparently, if you're giving someone CPR, you have to keep giving it until the paramedics show up. What did they do, though? I don't know. But they do something. CPR? Maybe. Okay. They, your victim Be- will not start CPR. coughing, spit out a bunch of water, and come back to life. Brief aside, so the, the, not only do they do they spit out water, cough, and come back to life, but also one of the things that they do is they they rise up suddenly. They sit up, yeah. So, so that happens also when people wake up from nightmares. They yeah. bolt upright in bed, which is very visually striking in a TV uh, or a show or a movie. It was like the audio commentary for some Simpsons episode where, where like that happens. And says like, this never happens. <laughs> never bolt. Whenever never. have you done this? Never. You sit bolt upright. I mean, everybody has just like rock hard abs where they can do <laughs> just sit up. Yeah. that I setup. have to roll over on exactly. my side, like, push myself CPR. up with my arm. <laughs> like I was near death. I had no oxygen for three or four minutes or whatever, but but I can absolutely <laughs> do that. Yeah. Like like abs of Pilates steel move. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree <clears> with you. Wolverine runs into Scott, and there's a brief, cheerful reunion. They decide to destroy the device which Magneto plans to use to destroy the world, and which they gain access to surprisingly easily. Meanwhile, the ladies go looking for his, quote, programming book, where he has written down the control codes. (laughs) I'm trying to... I'm struggling to get past your air quotes of programming book. Like, it's not... you don't think you that Magneto has like a password manager or like some? No, no. But you said it like like his programming. That's, what they, book. that's exactly like, the word that they use. I'm trying the, to think of like what the thing is. Like like uh, you know his uh, his floppy disk or something. Like that. <laughs> you, you, you the air quotes gave it a weird kind of innuendo. Well, it's like they're looking for like a basically a post-it note where he's written down all of his passwords. <laughs> Just like in war games, man. Like, like <laughs> yeah, all that Matthew Broderick. Had, and by the way, talk to cybersecurity experts. Um, that's how a lot, a lot of, people, of shit yeah, gets yeah, cracked. Yeah, the social yeah, engineering. Yeah. I, I want you to finish your thing, yeah, but because I still we're, got we're, a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I hear Double you. Issue. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, we're coming back to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, while Kitty works to figure out what it all means, Storm sneaks into Magneto's bedroom where he's asleep and looking quite manly. She ponders, <laughs> she ponders killing him, but decides decides not to. She she ponders slaughtering him. She ponders slaughtering him, but decides not to. Meanwhile, again, the boys are working to destroy the whatchamacallit that he has built. Yeah, was that device? Did that device have a name? They keep talking. It about totally it. had a name. Yeah. 
I'll I'll look for it and okay. I'll, I'll get back to it. I just it, keep saying whatchamacallit. It didn't it didn't have a name. <clears throat> anyway, then I we're... was gonna make something up, but I'm 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 so bereft of joy right now. <laughs> so bummed so bummed out because like I lost eighteen minutes of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're back in the bedroom where Storm continues to have a dark night of the soul and even reaches for a knife on the nightstand. I will point out here that to me, Magneto does not seem like the kind of guy that would leave his partly eaten dinner next to his bed all night. I disagree. Hmm. Okay. He's well. a bachelor. He's got this place all to himself. Um, look, I've traveled and stayed in hotel rooms <laughs> where if I'm there for like a few days or something like that, I, there have been occasions when like the bag of Taco Bell with the half-eaten burrito is on Ugh. the nightstand. Gross. It, yes, gross. But look, um, you know, sometimes, man. We're on an island. It's tropical. There are probably those... <clears throat> gigantic roaches no it's in the computer room he's not gonna have any no no no, there. no bedroom no bedroom uh, food no bedroom food, food for magneto <laughs> no bedroom food yeah oh, whatever uh yeah. she spends too much time deliberating and he wakes up suddenly xavier beams a super buff astral image of himself to launch a telepathic attack it was buff you can go looking for i'm it looking i'm looking for yeah. it yeah, yeah, yeah. uh they battle with two beams of light shooting from their heads Things start to happen pretty quickly at this point. Xavier's... Yeah, holy mackerel. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Xavier's wheelchair comes loose on the boat. The boat short circuits. Wolverine destroys the thingamajig. Then Magneto shows up and jigsaws it all back together, something that they probably should have predicted him being able to do. Magneto has tried to kill Storm by throwing her, quote, out into space, though probably he should have stuck around to make sure that it took. Of course, she's not dead and destroys his computers. This gives everyone their mutant powers back. Scott blasts Magneto with his optic rays... And thank goodness the X-Men had an extra Ruby Quartz visor for him in their emergency pack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always prepared, like the Boy Scouts. By the way, um, because this isn't something we can dwell on, so, so it's worth interrupting the other summary. Um, they will say Ruby Quartz in front of anything <laughs> that he's wearing. Not like, here's your special vi- here's your visor, or here's your special glasses. Right. Cyclops, don't forget your ruby quartz glasses. Was this was it like ruby a, quartz? Was it a product placement? Was there? Is it like no, brought to you by no, the a, Gem Miners Association it's, of it's, America? <laughs> <laughs> is, they could have maybe tried to do like a tie-in with Rubik's Cube. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm reaching a little bit on the yeah. '80s there, but you know, ruby quartz, Rubik's Cube. Now that doesn't fly. But yeah, like like brought to you by yeah. It brought to you by uh, uh, you know, the Seven Dwarves Mining, <laughs> mining Concern. Yeah. Yeah. Ruby right. Quartz. So there is more fighting and some cool art on page 30. Briefly. Um, sorry. No, I, it's not, it's, I know. It's not <laughs> even funny. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. Like, if, if you want to have, like, an X-Men-themed band, the lead singer is going to be Ruby Quartz. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just goddamn dumb. I'm, I'm in such a bad place right now. Uh, yeah, All right. Then miserable. more. Then more fighting. Magneto uses his powers to control Peter. They send Kitty out to destroy his computers. Though honestly, I thought they'd already been destroyed. Wolverine and Nightcrawler have their usual chat about well, whether killing is good or bad. There's still more fighting, and I think Magneto harnesses Storm's powers against her. Nightcrawler teleports her out so she's not there to help Kitty when Magneto discovers her messing about with the computers. Magneto electrocutes Kitty and then has immediate remorse, remembering his time in Auschwitz and how his life didn't matter to the guards and wondering if he is no better than them. Yeah. He returns Kitty to Storm, says that he is too old to change, and disappears. At the end, they have a swimming party and Kitty references Star Wars as she pretends to raise the plane, which is really being lifted by whatever, by Peter. Whatever. Whatever. 
Wow. They all have a good laugh, and that's that. And that's that. Um, I didn't make any notes, so I've got a few things in my head. <laughs> it's a good thing that that summary took almost the entire 45 minutes. No, it has taken about 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. We didn't start off with our usual banter, though. I mean, like, that 12 minutes was almost yes. entirely summary. And this is amazing. I mean, like, if our children ever do, like, a like an essay for class that's at that length. <laughs> We've got already, a ready-made ready essay yeah. for them about the X-Men. Um don't you whatever me <laughs> in talking about uh, the Holy Trinity. I just meant the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. And not for $1 million would I know specifically even... In which movie... Correct. Someone levitates a, a winged craft? Yes. Which movie would that be? I don't know. All of them, as far as I'm concerned... <laughs> As far as you are concerned. <laughs> Could be any of them. Or maybe all of them. Do or do not. <laughs> there is no trust. Uh, apparently the Empire Strikes Back. Yes. I'm told. Told. <sighs> we're, we're getting Brian looks extremely <laughs> like he's really questioning his life choices right now. Getting into like, like, like a window of, of the darker elements of my personality. Uh, like really. I'm a... Uh, yeah, I'm mean when I'm sad. No, you're not. Um, no, I can't be. I have my moments. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back is when Yoda uh, levitates uh, Luke's X-Wing fighter after Luke fails to do so himself. That's um, the only levitation of a spacecraft in the entire... It's the only one that matters. <laughs> also, it is the only one which in October of 1981 had happened cinematically. Okay. Uh, because Empire came out in 1980, May of 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I really like that. So the, the, the closing, the, 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 the humor on that on that page is kind of kind of a groan. Um, yeah. But I, I loved it for the time capsule that, that it presents. Right. This is 1981, and Empire Strikes Back is still something that has cultural relevance. Also... The Empire Strikes Back exists within the universe mm-hmm. occupied by the X Men. Um, right, so it's like yeah. when they're not when they're, <laughs> when they're not busy studying or destroying or rebuilding yeah. that uh, you know action room, right. whatever it's called, they go to the movies. So you've not seen um, it was like X Men: Age of Apocalypse, not Age of Apocalypse, X Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck they called it. Uh, Which, one of the X Men movies, probably not. They go to see Return of the Jedi. Mm. In that movie, <laughs> which and by the way, I love that. Also, it happened like like Stranger Things. I love movies that invoke characters actually going and doing something other, something else. It's almost like it's sort of like us referencing other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know what's a really great movie? <laughs> Return of the Jedi. That was great, wasn't it? And, you know, we're gonna we're gonna invoke it here in this movie that we're watching. But um, Star Wars exists also in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And somebody's made the point that Peter Parker has seen all of the Star Wars movies, and he references them. At what point is he going to say, you know, Nick Fury looks a lot like Mace Windu? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's 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 meta. But but, but yeah. this, this through, I love it because the this has been glass there. yeah this is this has been going on for a long long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it was and, fun to see that reference. Yeah. I don't have any notes. Careful with that paper. Oh, I'm sorry. So I, I should actually do whatever you want with the paper. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody cares, man. Nobody's um, so listening. The, the name of the boat 
that they were before we sort of. I the guess minnow? I'm sure that you're about to delve in the into the uh, the weightier the weightier subjects of a uh, you know good versus slaughtering evil <laughs> and uh, you know, becoming becoming the thing that you yourself hate or you know whatever. Uh, the name of battle the, not with monsters lest you become a monster. That's right. The name of the boat is Dehathoris the second. Wait a minute. Oh gosh, yeah. I saw that, and I'm I'm blanking on the reference. Yeah, it seemed like it was drawn specifically so that you could see that name. That made me kind of wonder. Oh. And I'm I'm bl- uh, This is this is um, I think even geekier than I am. I'm gonna have to look that up. Okay. Um, we'll come back to you, I, yeah, dear yeah, listener. No, no I, I need to give you an opportunity <laughs> With that to bit monologue. Of information. Uh, page twenty-five. Carol Danvers. Um, Eerie. I don't know how to describe it, but like, like the the you know the, you know just the wacky uh, hourglass thing that she's got going there. Yes, everyone. Yes, she's got enormously large breast to waist. Uh, the breast only can factor into yep. it. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're correct, but like that waist is just insane yeah, looking. Barbie doll. That Barbie doll. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Couldn't um, fit all her ribs in, kind of a situation. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that and that was unsettling. But it's on the same picture as Buff uh, Xavier, and yeah, he, he looks all yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, if I'm going to take the trouble to, uh, you know, project myself into this, uh, you know, situation, I'm going to. Deja throws John Carter. That's it. Okay, John Carter of Mars. Uh, so that is a deep cut. Yeah, and I've not read. So John Carter of Mars, uh, a series of books by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, Pulp Fiction author, creator of Tarzan, um, unapologetic racist. Mm. <laughs> racist. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I want to talk about race for like the next 30 minutes. And yet at the same time, that's absolutely not what I'm going to do. Okay. I have to qualify <laughs> this because it'll sound like um, I'm upset about cancel culture coming for Edgar Rice Burroughs. Read Tarzan. Uh, really nice, but or don't. Frankly, you're you're fine. <laughs> so what I meant We're to cool. say was, I have read Tarzan. Yeah. If you do read it, you're gonna. It, it's it's nice action. It's great pulp fiction. Um, you know, in the, in the original sense, not in the Quentin Tarantino right. uh, sense. You know, the, 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 that phrase predates him. Uh, and and it's fun. But you know, reading it, you just hit like all of these speed bumps about. About re- the idea of humans in Africa, mm-hmm. and it's it, it, it's just it, it made it hard to read. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm not. Ready. Yeah, yeah. I don't know okay. anything about Edgar Rice Burroughs. I couldn't have even. I mean, now, yes, when you said that he wrote yeah. Tarzan, I, I know that. But right. if you had said to me, "What did he write?" I probably would not have been we've, able to come up with. We, we, we've name checked. Uh, we've name checked Ian Fleming a, a few times, and I'm a big Bond fan. Um, I can read Fleming, and. Yeah, I'll hit those speed bumps. For whatever reason, they're not as frequent, uh, or I'm just not a good person. Right. <laughs> like You're I just could, not like, as bothered can... by sexism as you are by racism. Weirdly, though, so the sexism is one... And by the way, I'm troubled by all of that. <laughs> <laughs> the The sexism, because it, it's, it's so much part of his character, and... There are other elements of the character that that I'm like I'm not on board with. Right, maybe like the murdering the, the James Bond. The James Bond murdering is okay. The James Bond, like he's not like like Jeffrey Dahmer murdering. Right, no, I mean true, the people true. usually kind of have it coming. Yeah, and I'm not. Fair. I'm not wild about taking a human life, um, and I'm never going to do it. 
but uh, a I don't have to. I'm comfortable right. if I don't have to. But um, I don't know, so it's, it, my position is indefensible. I'm trying to just <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm trying you as much. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm I'm trying. I guess like to introspect to figure out what it is about it mm-hmm. that uh, that that. It, um, so maybe it's that in in Bond that sexism is a part of his character and he's a super super flawed character in other ways, but in Tarzan, yeah, the racism is part of what is it's kind of a big part a, of the story, yeah. right? Right, and, and maybe maybe um, in Bond, like two wrongs almost make a, a, a not a right. right. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are no villainous women. And Bond's uh, misogyny is not integral to the plot mechanics. Right. Sometimes it is. Uh, like, um, sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. But but generally not. And, and I'm trying to, like, the few times that, that it is, he kind of, I'm just thinking of, like, the book Casino Royale, where, spoilers, uh, Vesper Lynn is somebody that he is enamored with, but she's a double agent. Mm-hmm. Or she is an agent. He right. doesn't know that. So like, like she gets the better of him. Right. Uh, so, but but not in a way that validates any of his. Uh, it, it actually kind of upends. Like he underestimated. Right. Her. Right. Uh, so, so maybe that's it. In Tarzan, the fact that Africans are not just primitive. But are subhuman, right? Right. Is right. That's not a that's not a character flaw in the main character. It's just a part of the and, the world that he's created, and it, it, it's critical to the story of Tarzan, right? Because the white man is in Africa, and he is able to conquer, if you will. I mean, it, it it is it is like like a, an allegorical defense of colonialism, right? And that's yeah. So don't. Huff- don't, don't read Tarzan, is what we're saying, but the name of the boat. Yeah, so Deja Thoris, Edgar Rice Burroughs also wrote a series of novels. Don't read those either. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, well, 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 let us know, Cerebro at xmenfiles.com, whether Edgar Rice Burroughs carries racism into his story about uh, about John Carter of Mars. Um, answer, probably yes. Um Anyway, that, that's the name of um, a character in those yes. in, the, in that series of books. My brother read those, read right. a couple of those, and of course they, they made a film adaptation that went nowhere. But um, it starred uh, your boy from Friday Night Lights, who was that flawed guy? <clears throat> the, I can't remember the name the of the player. Dude. The kid. Yeah, he's he's a kid, and not the one who's in the wheelchair. I can't even remember what position he played. It's been ages since we've seen Friday yep. Night Lights. We kind of got tired of it. Yeah, the murder plot in season two, which yeah, is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. That was not a, that Landry, been good... not not Saracen, Jason uh, Riggins. Riggins. Yeah, yeah. Tim Riggins. Okay. Easy on the eyes, even playing a high school kid. Whatever. Don't judge me. Um. I, 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 no, I, I was trying to bait you there. I was trying to say like, "Ooh, hey, maybe we should watch that." We were you know, trying to, uh, to do that. So, did you? What uh, did you think of this? Uh, you haven't told me what you thought of this. I enjoy this a lot. There was a child. I enjoy this or... a lot. I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like we had one more loose thread about racism. Not sure if I have time for racism. <laughs> Graham Linehan is off of Twitter. 
uh, Graham Lanahan, I'm probably, I'm not doing justice to the pronunciation of his last name. He created Father Ted and, uh, the It crowd, the IT crowd, and also Black Books. Mm-hmm. Um, he's apparently not down with, uh, transgendered, uh, he, he, like he pulled a JK Rowling. Yeah, okay. And he, so, um, all right. I need to, I need to, st- we're at this weird, not weird, whatever. We're at a, we're at an interesting cultural moment. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm, in my daily life, unaffected by it, but I can't open a goddamn newspaper without yep. reading about uh, this. And I don't mean that in an RT punker, <laughs> anti PC kind of way. Look, I, I want everybody to be happy, but uh, we're, we're we're getting to the place where uh, everything is being reexamined. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up because let's talk about the X Men. Let's talk about the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> if you could see the look on her face. She started off thinking, yes, I am going to try to cheer Brian up. But now she's like, you know what? I'm doing my best. <laughs> Working my ass off over here. Stop making it so hard. I'm sorry that you had to reboot your computer, <laughs> Principe. So let's just get on with this. Right, I enjoyed so this, like, episode. Like this episode. Yeah, I dug it. I, I, I dug it. It, it, it. it has some Storm the Castle uh, elements in terms of the plot mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which I'm always into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I didn't read this as a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, like, like I had, I was kind of in and out, and a lot of that had just has to do with economics right. or could you afford the double issue? Yeah, what, what, could you what, get what, to the drugstore e- to buy it? Economics yeah. or logistics? Yeah. yeah. Like, so I don't know. So I mean, either there would be periods of time where I wouldn't. That's uh, right. Because then, if like once you had not bought it, then when the next one came out, would that one then be? Oh, you fucked. Yeah. Gone. Right. It's not like you. Could yeah, it's not. On, it's not on the shelves. Um, I mean, if you went to the comic store, though, they probably still have it. Yes, yeah. but it'll cost a little more. Mm-hmm. It'll cost a little more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, I can't remember. So, the comic book store, by the way, is The Great Escape, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. which is an which awesome, awesome yeah. place. And I can remember the first time I saw an ad for that on television because that's how I had to find out that it existed. <laughs> uh, 2433 Bardstown Road. <laughs> that's where it was. I remember that. Um, okay. So I didn't read this as a kid. So okay, I read it. So you just read it now. Well, I read it this week. I, I read it also. I, I don't know, six months ago or something okay. like that, and dug it. I didn't really appreciate it when I was I was a kid reading the comics. That this is an inflection point for Magneto. Okay, this is where he. And, it, and it's it's crazy because in the last issue, two weeks ago in the podcast, in mm-hmm. the last issue, he might be Scandinavian. <laughs> Remember. Like, like, Professor X is on his, like, Commodore 64 or whatever, right. reviewing files, and it's like, oh, you know, Northern oh, European right, ancestry. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or something like, like, oh, it's like, me. Well, actually, I guess that's not inconsistent with him being at Auschwitz. But, and uh, had they, I'm trying to remember, had, was this, this wasn't the first that we had heard of him being in Auschwitz, or was it the first? I don't know. I don't know. It either. may be. Yeah. It yeah. may be. Um, I, I, I'd have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, Magneto shows up in the Claremont run, oh gosh, like like issue 120 or something like that, um, in Tierra del Fuego or wherever right. they were. And, and that gets referenced in, in issue 149. It's been ages since I've read that. I'd have to look at it. Right. Uh, long story short, I don't know. Not sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. I liked this issue, um, although I thought that there was a lot of fighting, and 
I felt like really they could have brought it home in a single issue type situation. Or like a one yeah. and a halfer, if there is such a thing. Well, there is such a thing. Yeah. You, you can get away with that. That's one of the nice things about the serialized format, yeah. issue by issue. You can have, like, I mean, we saw that in the issue with Caliban, mm-hmm. where the first half of the issue is um, uh, Sean Cassidy needs a wrench to fix something. <laughs> uh, and you can, you, you basically, you can tee up a story, story like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got like half story this one, and then you wrap it right, up. And, right. and um, actually, issue one thirty nine is kind of like that as well. That's there's like the, the second issue that we talked right. about. So, the, the Christmas the, one? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, the first half of it, I, I can't remember what happens, but uh, about page nine or so, Wolverine and Nightcrawler go to Canada. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it takes a while for, and there. that's yep. really the main right the main story. Yep. Yeah. So you thought it was a little, uh, a little, little padded. I thought it was a little padded with the the fighting scenes. You know, partially, it, a lot of how I perceive the issue tends to be um, like when and how I'm reading it. So I had actually read it a week and a half ago, right? Whenever in preparation for last oh, right, week, then right. we decided to do the movie. So when I sat down to summarize it, which I should have done maybe Friday or you know whatever, but I sat down this morning to do it. And started reading through the whole thing again. You know, right. it was just like, okay, they're fighting, now they're fighting. Also here they're fighting. <laughs> um, so it felt like I had forgotten how much of that there had been. So, you know, mostly I'm just annoyed with myself because it took me a little bit longer to write the summary than I had thought that it was it worth it. Would. Was it? Fantastic summary. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy it. I, I really like the character of Magneto. I, I find him, yeah. you know, uh, appropriately complicated. Like I said, when I was reading it, I was like, what? Nuclear disarmament? What's bad about that? Yeah. <laughs> we all want that. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. This is a great plan. <laughs> These assholes should definitely take him up on this. Yeah. You know, but then it's problematic, uh, you know, obviously in its own in its own ways, which I think he maybe realizes later on. But uh, when, when he says, uh, I've, I've got everything figured out, we're, we're going to disarm, we're going to remove that existential threat. And then in terms of a system of government, I was thinking me. Me, yeah. I mean, I hadn't really <laughs> gotten that far, actually. Yeah. yeah. Just, I yeah. Thought maybe I would do I it. I mean, yeah. it I do feel like I'm the sensible choice. <laughs> yeah. This is like the Woody Allen thing. Where he like, exactly. Yeah, 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 clears yeah. his throat and points to himself. <laughs> yeah. Was it my advocacy for a philosopher king? <laughs> yeah. It's cleared your throat and pointing to yourself whenever you mentioned it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I really... One of my expectations, sort of going into doing this with you, is that all the all the um, the bad guys would be transparently, obviously bad, and they would just right. want to do bad. You know, I will take over the world. You know, they would be Tolkien esque. Yeah, um, you know, we're, did, did, ah, sorry, ran. They would be what? They would be Tolkien esque. Tolkien esque. Tell me more about that. Tell me about the Tolkien villains. They were just bad guys that wanted to destroy. Does Sauron shit. ever say anything? <laughs> yeah, no, he's mysterious right. and right. dark and just yeah. just, just uh, opaque and monolithic. Yeah, yeah and, true, uh, and just yeah. bad for the sake of destruction. Yeah, um, and I'm you know there are some of those. Yeah, scattered oh, throughout yeah. here, but uh, you know this character feels like someone that you know someone has thought about in terms of how to make him seem. Yeah, legitimately right. complex. You know, yeah, he's got some good points. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know. And also, his 
urge for retribution mm-hmm. is is earned. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is informed by this horrific experience, experience right. of, yeah, uh, that we went there, and um, yeah, dramatized in in the film. In the film. Dramatized surprisingly well. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. yeah. Ooh, so we need to get our spot the 80s moment in. So spot the 80s. <laughs> Basically, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look, see if there's anything visual. But um, uh, nuclear holocaust. When did we stop being worried about this? Because um, maybe we ought to worry about it again. But nuclear holocaust. Um, hey, kids, uh, this was a real thing. When yeah. you read about it and they... and. It's like when I read about the 50s and Sputnik and things like that. Yeah, okay, fine. Sure, I can imagine. Let me tell you something. Were you worried about people actually launching nuclear missiles in the early 80s? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, I was legit scared. Yeah, yeah, no, I was And not scared. when I was, like, six. Yeah. I mean, when I was 13. Yeah, maybe. How old was I? What year was I 13? I mean, like, like, say, 84, 85. Yeah. 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 When I was older, yeah, it was a it was a real thing that was yeah. talked about as if it was. We didn't have like like yeah. we didn't have like drills where we had to sit no. underneath shit, but it still felt. Very they knew good. at that point that those the were just yeah, yeah yeah it was just, it was <laughs> it, it was matter. security theater and yeah. they knew that like like uh, there's really no point risking to say people to people um, someday possibly without warning possibly. Definitely without warning. Without warning. Uh, you're not very see, little warning. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not going to see it coming, but like you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that feeling yeah. like a really real threat to me as a child. The uh, civil defense warning system, which I, I don't think is used anymore, you know, the the you know, the air raid the sirens. Siren, yeah. Um, until somebody told me they actually test those on a schedule like it's like this first tuesday of the month or yeah. some shit like that i can remember once i was in, in the morning on monday it was like like sixth or seventh grade yeah uh, i'm in middle school and i heard that that siren, siren. go off i lost my shit oh. i'm like I'm, I'm there in class and nobody else is freaking out but i'm like i'm pretty sure that i'm gonna die <laughs> this is it I'm going to so, sit under the desk anyway. <laughs> and this, and that was like several years after this yeah. issue came out. Yeah. The idea of nuclear Armageddon was present. Yeah, felt very, very present yep. to me uh, as well. Yeah. So when you read this issue and think, oh, how quaint or sensationalistic. No. No. Yeah, no, no. It felt very real. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got a spot the 80s. And, um, I was trying to figure out in the spot the 80s, like, what does Reagan have on his, what is that? Oh, oh, something just fell. Not a big deal. It's okay, folks. The 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 jar on his desk? Yeah. Jelly beans. Fucking jelly beans. Jelly beans. Jelly Reagan beans. was into jelly beans. Jelly beans, right. Okay. It was yeah, like they you wanted know, you to see it, but what is it? Yeah, jelly, jelly beans. beans. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's right. actually a nice a nice note there. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Also, um, would have been would have been Brezhnev. Uh, how, how do they do? Like the, uh, the Reagan, yeah. they're... I want to say they're they're aging him down a little bit, but um, yeah, Brezhnev looks Brezhnev, like. I, mean, yeah. I knew that it was Brezhnev. They should have put him in his. No you know, there's that Russian joke about how Brezhnev <laughs> had his like yeah. chest rib cage expanded so that he can give himself more more medals. I think so. everybody has heard that joke. Do you have that? <laughs> All of our listeners are familiar <laughs> with my with, dad's with humor about f- familiar Russia. with Soviet humor. <laughs> uh, Soviet humor, yeah. So they maybe should have put him in a. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a military, yeah, kind they, of a uh, either Cochrane yeah. or Claremont was not. They had not heard that joke. Yeah, <laughs> and that was cosmopolitan. All of his medals. Yeah, yeah. 
The other ones, none of them. I mean, I didn't see anything that made me pause. I did look at this page carefully looking for... Uh, I don't know who was uh, the premier of China at that time because um, Deng Xiaoping, uh, I think it was no post eighty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, like me, they're just rattling off uh, Deng Xiaoping. I do, I do mm-hmm. like it. Uh, ask me, ask me who the president of of Kenya was, and I have no idea. No Sorry. Idea. All right, what else? Um, what were we going to come back to? We were going to come back to the complexity of, uh, of Magneto's uh, character and, uh, you know, whether killing people is good or bad if you're trying to avoid the killing of other people. Um, let's, let's not... Okay. Well, maybe not. Let's just, like, let's just maybe <laughs> simplify it. So, um, is or, killing... or we could talk about the word framistat, which also uh, appeared there, and I had to look up what it meant. Framistat? Mm-hmm. It's like when they were fixing the... I don't know what page, but when they're fixing the jobby, they say, uh, or when they're not fixing it, when yeah. they're dismantling it, something about the framistat. And I was like, what is that? Like, why framistat. would that be this weird? So apparently it's like some weird made up word that appears in, um, ooh, how does yours do that? That's um, fascinating. Yeah. Um, that appears sometimes in, in comics or stories to just mean like um, metal object <laughs> Or device. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Framistat. F-R-A-M-M-I-S-T-A-T. I'm looking to see where... Uh, okay, yeah. Well, definitely we want to spend time with you looking, where looking for that. <laughs> uh, if y'all could just wait a second <laughs> while I look. Because we can't pause the recording. We couldn't possibly. Or edit it later. We're not going to do that because uh, that would require effort. I feel better now. Yeah, uh, good. I feel, I feel not, as, uh, not as upset. Um, I like when Magneto. Also, I like when he takes off his uh, his helmet because he's he's quite sort of silver foxy <laughs> without the helmet. Uh, he is, yeah. Actually, little... he had said, yeah. When when what was he? What did you say? He in, was sleeping. Your, yeah, he was like in your all, recap, yeah. like like what, what, what like like surprisingly buff, surprisingly or manly, yes. surprisingly manly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know uh, why he wouldn't be manly. It's, I don't know where it went. Anyway, Framistat. So we could talk about that made-up word instead of uh, that. I think the, we have the weighty. I think it. we have yeah. also plumbed we, the depths. We, we're not getting any further there. I, I want to go back to the boat, uh, the Deja Thoris, um, for no good reason other than um, I like I, I like uh, I like several things about this. Um, Peter Corbeau, so he's a, he's a character that's been established, and we're going to see more of him. Uh, I like more of his outfit. I don't stripey know. sailing sailing outfit. Oh yeah, so yeah, I was going to say Peter Corbeau, like, like, like having sailing. yeah, they're, they're, yeah, like uh, between Moira and Peter, Corbeau, like they've got a real Captain and Tennille thing going. <laughs> on. Um, I thought I had more there, but no, apparently not. Nope that is that is the entirety of it. I hadn't really noticed actually. It, it's funny. I knew that Moira is on the boat. Um, I kind of skipped right over the fact that Carol Danvers is mm-hmm. is on the boat because um, you're right; she only has like two lines of dialogue, and she's a complete non, virtually a non presence here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She will show up later uh, in the X Men. So she's sort of a friend of the X Men. I'm flipping um, through, and I had I just sort of happened upon the page where um, they are going to the computers where like the storm yeah. and and lee and kitty are going to find the computers and there's a i don't know storm was was nice to you know i was like when when women are nice to each other in uh 
in things rather than kind of okay. weird or competitive with each other, which right. is usually how women are portrayed. Yeah. Uh, you know, she asks her to call her by her first name. And, you know. wait, wait, who's she talking? Oh, 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 oh Storm Lee is says talking yeah, to yeah, Lee. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Storm is talking to Lee on page 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the first time that they are getting introduced. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of a... Oh, no, that's right. Lee asks her to ask Storm to call her by her first name. So there was a little, little bit of nice, uh, you know, low-key feministy niceness. Feministy niceness? Feministy niceness. It's the name of your second uh, solo album. Yeah. Nearly, nearly passes the Bechtel test. Maybe not, because they're talking about Magneto. The... Um, okay, so there is a website called, I think it's like the Claremont Project or the Claremont Run or something like that. Um, they have a list of all of the X-Men issues and which ones pass the Bechdel test. Mm, fascinating. Um, more than you'd think. Yeah. Like, like, like a decent number. Claremont, um, I didn't know this, his mother was a pilot. Oh, okay. Which is one of the reasons why you'll get sort of aviation, mm-hmm. but also why very often you'll see a woman flying a plane. That's in cool. a Claremont uh, comic. And um, this issue, I don't think, passes the Bechdel test. But I'm not going to hold that against it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they do talk a little bit. The three of them talk about Kitty destroying the thing. I mean, it's only like two frames. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm, look, there is no male Bechdel test, but um, all that... It, all that anybody's talking about is trying to destroy something. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, so in terms of, of gender equity, it, it's kind of okay there. Um, but yeah, there, there are going to be a number of issues that, that will do that. That's and That's uh, cool. So yeah, problematic in in that uh, Carol Danvers doesn't speak, and in the, one of the pages, you can, she's wearing a like a halter top, so you can. She's got like visible underboob. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's not like it's not a home run here, but <laughs> it's not. I don't know. Like yeah. reading, you know, they, they can apart from yes, the costumes are horrible, insane. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm not like a you know. Sometimes I don't notice things that someone who's maybe deeper into feministy stuff would notice. But to me, as <laughs> deeper uh, into feministy niceness, yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> to me, as a as a female person um what, what, what do you hesitate for yeah as you know who who tries to be conscious of stuff like that these have proven to be sort of you know pleasantly surprising in terms of the gender way better than james bond dynamic yes better than <laughs> Mad Men. yeah holy cow you know what man i i enjoy Mad Men. i love Mad Men. i I think I have more trouble getting through Mad Men than I do a James Bond novel. Uh, very similar in terms of kind of kind of lifestyle porn and being able to uh, do all sorts of stuff without consequences. I get to drink and smoke and fuck yeah. as much as I want. Yeah. Um, but but Mad Men somehow, honestly, Don Donald Draper, his womanizing is a key part of the character. Yeah. And uh, you know, John Hamm plays it very well. It's written very well. I like I like the show uh, outside of his treatment. Like his relationships are just like they're so corrosive, and it's it's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, his. It's interesting. Is like for me, his relationships. It's almost a little bit of like a bond situation. Like he's he's horrible to women, yeah. um, but he's flawed in a lot of different ways, and that's just part of the 
the uh, flawedness of that character. But with yeah. Mad Men, what bothers me more is like all the other just low-key, constant sexism <laughs> of all the other characters, yeah. both male and female, constantly. Which isn't to say that it's not a great show, because it is a great show. But it is yeah, it's really great to watch. like, it is... watching it is just really um, jarring, because I don't actually think that that time... I can't say that I think that they get it wrong about how no, they don't. No, women were no, treated I don't think at that so. time. Good heavens, and no. that's, that, for me, yeah. that's the part that's uncomfortable to watch. Not so much his own sort of dalliances and, and, and dickery. I, I think maybe where I have an issue with Mad Men... Um, I think that the show probably thinks that it's against him that that Don Draper's a villain. I don't think so. He, he's a hundred percent a villain. He's a terrible person. Yeah, but I don't. I, I guess I don't think of him and, as a villain. I think of him as I don't know, not a villain. As he's just a character. I guess I don't th- really think that, it, that that they had intended to have. A he villain. ruins the lives of pretty much anybody who encounters him. Yeah. Um, it, it, where I was going with that is, um, I, I, I think the show they're, they're, they're probably saying like, like, "Hey, we're not pulling any punches, we're not flinching." Uh, I mean, they are not glamorizing his his his, his mistreatment necessarily. Right. Glamorizing him. Yeah. Uh, but it, then you like something like The Sopranos, where even if you're pro Tony Soprano, you have to grapple with the fact that he is actually a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just straight up. Yeah. And like that's just baked into the DNA of the show. Whereas Mad Men is a little more like, well, no, he's not a he's not a villain necessarily, right. but but he hundred percent is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about I don't know because we watched um, I think the first season not that long ago. Mm-hmm. We watched the first season not that it, long yeah. ago. It, loads of fun. Yeah, very uh, fun. I enjoy. Uh, I enjoy the outfits and the yeah, sets I mean, and the decor and, and 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 it is you know the dialogue is fantastic yeah. and Roger Sterling is he's a cad but but he's charming as fuck. Yeah. Um, but I just thinking, particularly some of the later seasons, um, he's a raging asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a mess. <laughs> yeah, well, not just a mess. Yeah. I mean, look, man. <laughs> you know, my my childhood. I mean, it was better than Don Draper's, uh, and I'm not saying that anybody's going to run out. But like, 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 there were some rough spots. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That doesn't mean that I, I, I get to treat women as disposable yeah. uh, in the same way that uh, that he does. Yeah. It's just gross. It's making me want to rewatch the entirety of, uh, of Mad Men. You have a good time. <laughs> uh, wake me up when we get to Linda Cardellini. And, mm. um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't have anything else on this issue. Do you have anything else? I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good story. I thought it could have been a little bit shorter. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and yeah, I, I agree and, with you. And yeah. I love Magneto. And uh, you know, I'm sorry for messing up your name again. All that all that time ago. So it's an inflection point for Magneto and an inflection point for your pronunciation of Magneto. <laughs> cool. The next issue that we're doing uh, is actually one of my favorites. Um, I'll go ahead and spoil it a little bit by saying that it's going to be a, a story that's told over the course of two issues, okay. and I don't think I'm spoiling anything by uh, by, by doing that. It doesn't matter because no one's listening. Well, you, you, I'm I'm spoiling you oh, oh yeah. uh, for that, but um, it's one of my favorite stories 
for reasons that I, I can't that I'll try to articulate next time next week yeah. but I'm looking forward to it yeah all right Super and with fun. that off we go all right okay this podcast does not pass the Bechdel <laughs> test it does not <laughs> Thank you for listening to the X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. 